I'm Tyler. I'm JT. I'm Pete. I'm Craig. We're breaking down another horror movie on Scared Smithless. Enough time for one more story. Oh, we got a good one today. Oh boy, this is exciting. I don't know how to contain myself. I don't think I'm that prepared for this one. It is exhausting to sit through a Stanley Kubrick film. Yes, mentally. Yeah, oh yeah, psychologically, spiritually. Like I said, there was so much I had to do, combination of that and work and notes i took at the like the last minute last night and uh yeah so this is going to be interesting oh yeah i've got like <laughs> four or five pages of notes oh yeah the shining based yep. on the stephen oh, king boy. novel mm-hmm. yep just actually his second theatrical movie based on a stephen king book funny thing before we even get started um stephen king notoriously did not like this film nope why I'm guessing because it didn't, it, 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 it deviated, it, it deviated, too, deviated much from, too much from the book. He, he even actually wrote a screenplay for the movie, which uh, Stan, Stanley Kubrick, the director of this film, didn't like. Thought he, <laughs> he, he considered it a very weak script. How ballsy do you have to be to be like, I'm making a movie based on your book. You've made a screenplay for it? No, I don't like it. Yeah, I'll, put it, I mean, th- I'll put it in the bathroom. Yeah, This was only, uh, mm-hmm. I think, I believe Stephen King's third book that he came out with. Wow. Uh, just before that was... Uh, when say, did he write this book? It came out in 77. Okay, because the movie's in 1980, so mm-hmm. it only got well, made three years well, after the book. Well, actually, it got, it's, they started filming the movie in 78, and then wow. it got done. It took them, like, pre-production and filming was about 13 months, and then, like, about a year of, like, post-production. Is that because Stanley Kubrick is notoriously hard... To get shots yes, for? Yes, he just, what, he's, he was like a perfectionist. He His last movie he did just before this one was uh, Barry Landon, which he which pe- some people thought was going to be successful. It was not. And he decided to do this film. Well, he's trying to find another project just to bring in some, like, more money and everything. So uh, he ended up, like, going through a whole bunch of, like, different books and everything. And uh, f- finally found this one, which uh, he found interesting. He found, he found the plot interesting. He didn't think... The book was a uh, a serious literal work, but the plot he really liked. The idea of it, what she said, which is most of the time what all a film really needs, is a good plot. Sure. But yeah, Stanley Kubrick was known for taking several different shots to get everything just well, there's, right. There's one famous shot in this that was shot like 76 times, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was known for, for that actor's... Yeah, said he was very, very hard L- to like, work for. Yeah, like there's not like, that he mistreated. Not well, unless you're Shelley Duvall. Yeah, so, uh, he well, wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't a bad person. He was just such a perfectionist that yeah. you would do takes over and over yeah. and over. Like, like there's a part when like the boy, the uh, character Danny's playing with toys and a ball rolls up to him. They, they, I think that shot took like fifty or sixty times to get just right. Wow, jeez, yeah. That, that if that tells you anything, it's not rolling fast enough. Yeah. Now it's Have rolling too ever, slow. <laughs> I had never seen what this guy looks like. Have you guys seen what he looks like? Oh, Stanley yeah. Kubrick? Yeah. It's the yeah. same mm-hmm. thing. Slow uh, and not fast enough is the same thing. He looks like a hobo version of uh, Bud Abbott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never really thought of that. Yeah, like, look at that. <laughs> it's like a caricature of Bud Abbott. Yeah, look at that. 
You guys don't see it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do well, now. I, I can't. Yeah, I never really thought about that, but he, he kind of does. <laughs> it's just, it looks like Del Castro. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bad Wednesday. Like goth Or just a, a regular Wednesday. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, he can make a movie. Oh, yeah. Mess up he a could. Movie. Yes, he did. He No, this had to be, this picture had to be, have been taken during the shooting or of this movie. Oh, yeah. He looks oh, like yeah. he's been up for like days. Can you imagine being the film that. editor oh, yeah. trying to like trying that. to cut all of his movies together, all the takes, trying to find the one that he wants? No, when, I would I would hate to be the editor. <laughs> he also I, that was back when his it, it was actual film. He yes. had to like cut and mm-hmm. splice it together. Yep. He also directed a Clockwork Orange. Oh, that movie's very strange movie. That's a wild ride. That was I a, saw, that like, was a one and done for me. And I'm like I'm done. Dated a girl that really liked that movie. Yeah, he also that really, that's a red flag. Yeah, that's, that's, it didn't last long. He also did um, the best part of that sentence was dated. Yeah, he also, he also, also after this one did um, Full Metal Jacket. There you go, another one that took a while to make. Yeah. you want to watch Clockwork Orange? Like, why? No, I don't. It's like 2010. Like, we have things to do. You know what else he directed? The original Spartacus movie. Really? Mm-hmm. He. Wow. Did not like that movie. Really? Why? Because he he didn't have as much say in it? No. I mean, yeah, that was like the only film that he did not have control over. Wow. So. There was a sequel to this book, Doctor Sleep. Oh, yeah. Which actually I was about to say Doctor Strange. I'm like, that's not (laughs) it. Was that good? I never did see that one. It was okay. I enjoyed it. Didn't you and I go see it in the theaters together? Yeah, we did. And it started like... Ten minutes earlier than it said it was going that's to. That's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. We missed like the we first like the first five minutes. Maybe of the that would maybe that's was the difference for us. Maybe that's why we were. It wasn't okay. <laughs> no. Is it stay tuned? I'd say I'd say it's a yeah, stay possibly. tuned. Yeah, we'll have to get to that yeah. at some point. I'm, I'm, that's another one I I'm have on four K. Now that I've seen this <laughs> awards, this was pretty critically panned when it came out. I believe. Yeah. 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 It was um, not re- really well received. I mean, later on, it really was like it's now considered like yeah. one of the. Oh, One yeah. of, if not maybe yeah. the greatest uh, horror film, pinnacle of, of psychological horror, horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think that if this if this came out as it is right now, the same thing, no no real touch ups. I feel like, especially with the the ten nominations they get nowadays, I think this would have been nominated for best picture, mm. possibly. And I, I mean, in no small part because of Jack Nicholson. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, and and oh. Jack Jack should have been. Nominated yeah, for this. if we buried yeah. the lead, I mean, this is Jack Nicholson at his finest. Yes, at unbelievable his, performance at his most movie. Jack Nicholson. He, he yes. was he uh, was yes. basically he was basically his character from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but except he was bad in this. Oh, <laughs> and when he finally completely flips the switch, he's there's no one else that can no. do that. There's no. no one else that can do what he does in this movie. I was no. gonna say that originally they they thought about a uh, Robert De Niro. Kubrick thought he wasn't psychotic enough he actually thought about robin williams but then he thought he was too psychotic <laughs> and then i think at one point they thought of um, harrison ford which i'm like maybe it was only because um it would have been a more subtle yeah psych- psych- and king didn't didn't want nicholson just because he just already seemed just psychotic yeah. i mean even right. like when you watch this at the beginning he already you already kind of sense that there's right something and wrong. that's one of my I hesitate to call it a gripe, but, yeah. you know, a little bit of this movie is that I would have liked to see more of that complete night and day difference in his mm-hmm. psyche. But right. yeah. Robin Williams, that's actually really interesting mm-hmm. when you say that, because I could almost see him pulling this mm-hmm. off. He would have, yeah. because he would have put his own trademark on it. Mm-hmm. But really, I have 
a hard time believing that anybody could make this movie as effective as Jack Nicholson. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's obvious when you first think of this movie that he's the first person you think of. Right. Yeah. Although, have you seen One Hour Photo? Right. And that, that that's was, what popped into my head right. when he said Robin Williams. Cause, and, and he did work with Shelley Duvall. Oh, yeah. And Popeye. Popeye. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Name. It made perfect sense that she played olive oil. She, she was a perfect olive oil. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, she's something. She was ugly. No, because she I was mean, real thin. She wasn't. Uh, wait, <laughs> we're not not gonna touch on that. She wasn't ugly. She's definitely. If you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing oh, at all, John. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I'm, I'm let it all be. No, it was just a weird year. <laughs> period. So, without further ado, let's jump into this bad boy. Uh, we open on uh, shots of a mountain. Yeah, <laughs> helicopter shots. Yeah, it's going Beautiful. over. It's going over what a lake. Yeah, the, this was Glacier National Park in Montana. Yeah. They were gonna, they're gonna try to, re- they're gonna try to do the same thing in Colorado, but they they couldn't find anything that was, was basically pleasing to Kubrick at all. <laughs> so, oh. scour the country, nothing on so, this yeah. planet, and find so, something that's pleasing. I to I love eyes. that this guy has preference yeah. over everything. After seeing him, I'm just like, okay, well, it's funny, like not. Nothing you ever see in this movie is in Colorado at all, which is where the <laughs> movie takes place at. That's wild. Yeah, I mean it's obvious. I mean the. Pl- I mean it's not. That's it's even not more real, of a mind. The man has taste. Yeah, we've yeah. got the classic music playing over these aerial shots of a car driving on these mountain mountain roads. Yeah, um, it's effective bom, for sure. Bom, bom, right. Bom, bom, bom. Yeah. So we are. We find out we are outside of Denver. Um, and Jack Torrance, which is Jack Nicholson's character. This is kind of easy. We can just say Jack. Yep. The, the Overlook, Overlook Hotel. Hotel. We get an aerial shot of the Overlook. Yeah. Which well, wasn't the Overlook. Yeah, but, this was a Timberline Lodge, which was in Mount Hood, Oregon. The Hood. All right. Sure Oregon. Enough. Yeah. Well, Ore- just ju- just Ore- like the outside Oregon. shot of it was. That's where all the oregano comes from, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Which and is surprising some. if you ever look. <laughs> they got and, more than oregano up there. <laughs> and find out how many films that are shot, the exterior shots and the interior shots are not the same place. Yeah. I mean, they got the uh, the interior where it's just, they just got designs from like, it was pro- probably about like a half a dozen different hotels that they designed for the movie. That's what, that, that's kind of, that's which, trippy. Which was mm-hmm. actually uh, filmed in Elstray Studios. Could you imagine which is being in, a contractor? Yeah. Which is in England. Which is actually where they filmed uh, the Star Wars movies and Indiana Jones movies. Oh, that's right. Like the right. part where uh, Hoth, mm-hmm. yeah, like uh, where uh, Jack Nicholson is writing his book. Yeah, it's actually that that whole room was actually where the uh, Well of the Souls is in Raiders of the Lost Ark. That makes sense. So, that's cool. And uh, oh. this this movie is actually filmed in chronological order, which was very hard. So they had to use the entire studio. Wow. Renew, so, reuse, recycle. Yeah. So Jack has uh, an appointment with Mr. Ullman, who's mm-hmm. the hotel manager. Stuart Ullman. That's a fun name. A date with destiny. <laughs> He's but, not in that much of the movie, I guess. Right. No, just just this opening part. He yeah. Basically, just kind of gives the backstory. Exposition. Right. He looks like the older brother of Rod Sterling. The Time. first actor to portray Ian Fleming's secret agent, James Bond. Cool. Oh, oh that was Casino Royale. was the one that came out in the late 60s, I think. Huh. I think. I don't know. I never even saw it. Casino mm-hmm. Royale. Wait. Oh, that's yeah. a read. So or maybe I could be completely wrong. 
Casino Royale had Daniel Craig. Craig. No, they came out with one in the oh. late 60s, though. I think that was David Niven. I don't remember. He was in Poltergeist. He was an actor on television. Ah. Maybe that's just kind of subliminally remember him. Mary Mary, is that what that says? Because I don't remember seeing him in any of these movies. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe we just subliminally remember him from Poltergeist mm. as an actor on the television. Must have been. <laughs> I saw him in the airport, though. <laughs> so <laughs> Jack is interviewing for caretaker. Right. Know, for the winter. Position, for the winter. They are not open for business in the winter, but because of the, the harsh conditions, mm-hmm. they need someone there to keep the boilers going, keep basically maintenance, keep, keep the, the elements from getting a foothold, he right. says. Or all of us. Do you take this position? I would. Heck yeah. Really? That'd Why? be fun. Because you got a whole run of a hotel. You can stay in a different room each night. I guess that would be kind of neat. Not 237. Well, yeah, I'd probably skip that one. <laughs> right. Uh, what about you, Tyler? Would you take this? Yeah, I probably would. I'd love to have time to sit. Actually, I would love to have time to sit and do writing. So that I'm probably a really bad candidate for this. Oh, that's exactly what he wanted to do. I'm pretty sure. I know. That's what I'm saying. I would. I would actually love to have the time to sit and just write. I don't think I would. I, I don't. I don't like anything cold. So oh, that's true. So well, don't go outside. Yeah, but I'm, at some point, what's going on in this movie? I'm gonna have to go outside. I'm gonna be having some fun on that snow yeah. cap. Oh though. heck, gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's the only thing that's like bringing me there. So we get a uh, we cut back to the city. I think they live in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. Um, Jack's wife, Wendy, and their son, Danny. Wendy, played by Shelley Duvall. Wow. This was this. Popeye. She's a unique looking individual. Yeah, she's unique. Is. I like how you uh, you use that word. She looks. She looks like Steve Buscemi had a child with a donkey. Yes. <laughs> Good grief. She has the jawline she, of. A that's horse. a little too harsh. She's not. But she definitely looks like okay. Steve Buscemi she, could be her dad. She mm-hmm. is classically beautiful. She looks like well, her parents didn't have money for dental work and they took like, her taxidermy. If you saw her in like the 1920s and 30s, she would be a beautiful actress. She wouldn't be a beautiful actress. Yes, she Ma- wears, they, Maybe. No. Maybe the 1720s. I've seen maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's All those true. photos that were taken back in the 1720s, you'd see some of those. Yes. No, she would not have been coming up with Betty White. There's no way. You've seen Betty, Betty White? Betty White's not 250 years old. Yeah, well, neither will she'd still be better looking than this woman. Shelley Duvall has a nice complexion. She does. So She's do, got nice skin. So do seals. It's kind of the <laughs> It's kind of the same thing with with Gina Davis. Yeah. Wait, who's that again? She uh Beetlejuice, a league of their own. All right. Well, she's better looking than this. She's chick. pretty, and this is like it's a. I think it's like a, a masculine look that she has. It's it's, it's the Whoa. smile. That's uh, where it loses it. Yeah, she has. She, she has she's good lips. way better looking than Gina Davis. Shelly <laughs> no, Duvall is no, better. No, looking no, no, than no. Gina Davis? Gina Davis is way better looking. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yes, like Hillary like, Swank. Far and beyond. Hillary Swank still looks better than her. Oh, yeah, I know, but I'm saying there's that. Hillary Swank looks way better Hillary Swank's beautiful. I, I know. She could be hot or she could be like like one of the guys. <laughs> That's the best way I could say it. She did win an Oscar for, <laughs> <laughs> she did win an Oscar for a girl playing a guy. Yeah. I think Charlize really, Theron yeah. in Monster looks better than Shelley Duvall. Yes. Shelley Duvall. She, yeah, it's, hard, it's hard to make Charlize Theron ugly, though. Yeah, and they tried. And it yeah. That's why she won an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> did it win Best Makeup? No. No. It should have. Yeah. All right. So she's the... No, all right. Tyler pointed this out yesterday. I'm like, out of all the podcasts we've covered, we've uh, come up with one 
person in particular that's been like the worst looking out of all our uh what's the word it wasn't worst looking though that was not the problem and it was shelly from part five right but that wasn't all because of what he looked like it was because oh friday the 13th no that's part three it's a part three yeah and yes, I think Shelly from Friday the 13th Part 3 is way better looking than Shelly Duvall. <laughs> How did we get on this tangent? And they have the same name, and yet he still is the better looking one. And she's a woman with that name. We are 30 seconds into this movie. <laughs> this is going to be a wild ride. Yeah. So we get Danny and Wendy sitting in their apartment, and they're talking about Dad, which would be Jack Torrance. Danny's asking, do we have to go there for the winter? Wendy's trying to tell him. It would be exciting. It'll be an adventure. Uh, we then find out that Danny has what Wendy calls an imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. It is Tony, the little boy that lives inside of Danny's mouth, okay, according should... to Danny, that talks through his finger. That yes. see, like so many issues with that. And the oh, yeah. That she's perpetuating it. There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Just like, yeah, but all right. This little kid did good, too, I thought. Yeah, da- yeah, Danny, Danny Lloyd, that's yeah. his name. I would have never let my child near that woman. There's no way. <laughs> it's his mother. Well, unless they're going to be paying for psychological, like for years down the road, that he's definitely going to endure. Tony says we shouldn't go there. We then jump back to Jack's meeting with Mr. Ullman, and then another gentleman comes in. I guess it's an interview. It's like the job interview. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ullman has basically already given Jack the job. Um, so they're asking about him. Um, he says he used to be a teacher. Now he's a writer. And then he asks here, why wouldn't you keep it? Why wouldn't you keep the hotel open during the winter months? Right. This would be a great skiing location. Yeah. Skiing destination. Big pharma. Oh. <laughs> really during the winter. They could, they don't keep it open because of the enormous cost of right. keeping the roads clear. Oh. Yeah, it's it's like there. 25 miles from it's yeah. They're they, really, get, they get 20, 20 feet of snow a year. Forget all that. Yeah. Like, no, there's no way I'm taking this job. So the hotel was built in 1907, according to... We get all of this during this yeah. interview meeting that they're mm-hmm. having. It's not a hard job physically. It's more of just keeping the boilers going, keeping certain parts of the hotel heated on a rotational basis. Mm-hmm. So the pipes don't freeze. Right, exactly. He said, so it's not hard physically, but he says, I do need to warn you that when you're up here alone, there can... You know, there's a large feeling of isolation that can develop. Cabin fever? Cabin fever. Jack says, well, that's actually uh, five months of of peace is exactly what I want. Well, you're not going to get get, it. I can get to my writing. I can focus on that. They ask him about his uh, family being there. How are they going to do it? And he says, I think they're going to love it. See, this is just Jack Nicholson being Jack Nicholson. And this is, I don't want to say I have a problem with this because there's nothing that Stanley Kubrick does that is not very, very calculated. He's off-putting. Like, he's already yes. kind of odd. Right. The way mm-hmm. he reacts. Like, almost every question he's asked, there's like a pause, and this slow smile comes over his face. I don't know if he's supposed to be off-putting at this point, or if that's just Jack Nicholson's personality. I'm wondering, you don't actually see him. You assume that's him driving at the beginning of the movie. But you don't actually see him walking around, interacting with people until he's in the hotel. And I wonder if that has something to do with it. Like the hotel is already affecting him as soon as he gets in. As soon as he's come in. Mm -hmm. I just, I guess I feel like being the Christmas season, this might be a good analogy. How Scrooge in the Christmas, in a Christmas carol is a horrible, unfeeling, uncaring person from the beginning. There are no redeemable qualities about him, which is what makes the end of that movie so impactful. Right. There's no part of the beginning of that story that make you think, oh man, there, there actually is a little bit of goodness in him. There really isn't. And then as 
the story unfolds and by the end of it when he's completely he has completely changed and that's what makes that such right an effective story i feel like in this it would have been i don't want to say better i would have almost felt like that character needed to be more like a gradual charming yeah mm-hmm. right more um well that's how the character is in the book it's just he just seems completely normal. Right. So I feel like that's what they're trying to go to. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm saying all of this. I, I know you're probably thinking it doesn't matter. I, I'm saying all this because I wonder if, if Jack Nicholson is just such an odd guy that this was as normal as they could possibly get. What? No. This is Jack on a normal day. Yeah. We know what we're going to get out of him at the end of this movie, and that's what's going to make this movie. We're gonna have to get it as good as we can at the beginning, and we're gonna have as to good as it even for Stanley Kubrick. Eventually, had to say cut. <sighs> good enough. Hear that? Or this was the final take, and Jack was just done. <laughs> right. Got up and left. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, Stanley, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, this I is th- the best it's going to get. But I think that's what he wanted. He wanted this. He wanted something to feel like that. There's already something, like you say, off-putting about. And that, him. yeah, and that may be it. So, that's, and then that's, he just, it just gets worse. It's, it's hard for me to believe that it's not on purpose, right? Kubrick is so calculated in how he. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing on screen that wasn't meant to be there, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll get to more of that as we go. So, in the office that he's interviewing in, Mister Ullman's office, just one one of many many things. Oh, we could be like this, yeah. guys. We could spend hours and hours and hours going over all this. And, We're and, just going to point a few of them out as we go. And if you wanted a more in depth idea, there's a documentary called Room Two Three Two Three Seven. Yep. So, if you wanted to get more into that, watch that documentary. It's really good. So, people have, have uh, fans of this film have broken it down so much that they actually there's a blueprint, and you can find it online of the film's Overlook Hotel. So the the reality of this film, what this hotel looked like, right? Just from going around corners. And we really get a lot of these long one-takes where we're walking around the hotel. So you can kind of get a pretty good picture of what the hotel looks like. Mm -hmm. There's a window in Mr. Ullman's office here at the beginning of the movie, so you don't really think twice about it. But behind Mr. Ullman's desk, so behind him is we're facing him at the desk, there's a window um, of the outside, trees, sky, um, that we see through this so it's obviously an exterior wall well people have that have a lot more free time on their hands than we do have broken this down and according to the only way that this hotel can be structurally when you go to the other side of that office there's another you know there's hallways that lead back there is no exterior wall is what i'm getting at and so it's impossible for there to be a window showing outside from this guy's office it is an interior room is it isn't a shot of the mountains yeah, I think yeah, so. yeah. So yeah. it's like so it's, how it's an outside, but it's they call it the impossible window. So for a while, people thought, um, "Oh, that's just a, a goof, a blooper, right?" They just didn't think that much into right. it when they put this together, and it's um, it, it's not. Again, this is the almost obsessive attention to detail of Stanley Lee Kubrick. That's not an accident that there's not supposed to be a window here. It's again just this idea that this hotel is this. Amalgam. Sentient. It's almost sentient. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's alive. That's weird. Yeah. And anyway. So so once you're in, you can't get out. Right. Mm. So again, to non-movie nerds, that probably doesn't mean much, but I thought that was kind of interesting. The impossible window. Yep. Before we uh, they, they conclude this meeting, which is basically confirming Jack's being offered this job for the the off season of the hotel. Um, Mr. Ullman says, "I, I do." 
feel like I just, you know, I'm glad that you're on board. We're glad to have you. But I, I, I feel obligated to let you know about the tragedy that occurred here in 1970, 70. which so we're talking probably 10 years ago. Yeah. He says there was a, um, a man named Charles Grady came here and took the job as the caretaker. He brought his wife and two daughters um, with him. He had a good record. He was, a, by all intents and purposes, a nice man. Seemed normal, um, but somehow over the isolation and the seclusion, he snapped. Eventually, got to him and he killed his wife and daughters with an axe, and then put both Jeez. barrels of a shotgun in his mouth. That's so, a fun story. Is that a deal breaker for you in a job? Yes. Yeah, so as soon as I hear really? that, even if it's a job that you wanted, even if it's a job that you're looking, for. I'd still do it. So no, 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 no. It's already cold up there. So if I'm going to be like, but it's warm in the hotel. Rubbings suntan lotion on swimsuit models <laughs> then yeah i would have to. the last guy that was the suntan lotion yeah <laughs> applicator killed his family with oh. a switchblade <laughs> i would just do my job to the full to the fullness of my ability but also stay away from knives there you go so that we then cut back to uh wendy and danny's apartment or their home is it an apartment yeah that's an apartment yeah their home um, so we've got danny in the uh he's in the bathroom i think he's brushing his teeth or something yeah, brushing his teeth and he's talking to tony right his finger and every time tony talks he flexes his finger right that's just something that uh that danny lloyd just just sort of made up during his audition oh really huh. Yeah, That's pretty cause, cool. Because in the book, you actually see his imaginary friend. Oh, really? Oh, really? Which we actually... Um, What's he look like? Well, it's actually... A well, male we find Shelley out. Duvall. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. It's, it's actually supposed yeah. to be... You know, in the book, it's supposed to be him in the in the future. Oh, or something like that. Well, here's something cool. else that's funny. Yeah, Danny's middle name. It's Danny Anthony Torrance. Oh, hmm, or okay. Tony for short. That's cool. Uh, that's subtle. Mm-hmm. We don't get that any of that in the movie. No. no. But he says, do you think dad will get the job? And Tony says he already did. Through his finger. So he's he talks like a little kid, but then when it's Tony, he talks more like this. He already Sounds did. like uh, yeah. what, what's Billy Bob Thornton and Sling Blade, whatever that name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, French Fried Taters. Sling, Sling Blade. He sounds like he's slow. Like he's simple. Like Simple Jack. You're going to do that. You're just a boy. Jack. It's a Simple Jack. He said he's going to call up. Right. Your mother in a few minutes to tell her. And he says, Tony, tell me why you don't want to go to the hotel. And then we get our first, um, I don't even know what to call this, flash cut of yeah. Yeah. an elevator opening up with blood yeah. coming out of it. And then two twin girls in dresses standing next to each other yeah. holding hands. Yeah. I didn't quite understand We'll get that. more into that as we go. Once he has that flash cut, the next thing we see is a home doctor that's checking out Danny in bed. It almost seems like, so when he has these episodes, anytime he has these flash cuts like this, apparently it's like he's having a seizure. Because she's asking him things about, well, while you were brushing your teeth, did you smell anything or see any bright lights? So obviously this is when this happened. Not the first time it's happened. So he passed out, whatever, had a seizure. What would he smell? And now there's a home doctor checking on him. Just like a a rush of blood. uh, I don't have this anymore. There's a home doctor. Like, how often do you have an episode, any kind of episode, and, like, you a doctor just, take just comes to them to the emergency house. room? Right. Right. Maybe this is just, like, a friend of the family or something. I don't well, know. Who knows? She, didn't, didn't, oh, she doesn't seem to know him that way. Right. Well. That's true. She did. He eventually tells her, mentions Tony, and she's like, who's Tony? He's like, the little boy that lives inside my mouth. And she actually has much more of a reaction that I think would be, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Weirdo. If you open your mouth, can I see him? Right. He's like, no. He goes into my stomach. <laughs> okay. How convenient. 
I gotta, up, I, I gotta so up chuck him every time I want to talk to him. She tells him, yeah, she tells him to stay in bed the rest of the day. And so she and Wendy go out to talk and they talk about um, these episodes that he has. She goes, really, honestly, there, there's nothing physically wrong with Danny, she said, which is good news. And she said, unfortunately, episodes like this are very rarely explained, but they usually aren't nearly as bad as they appear to be. Like there's not, it's not some major thing that's, right. it's usually something kids She calls it what? Self-induced trance. Okay. So, uh, Wendy says that they um, currently live in Boulder, but they're from Vermont. Um, and then she talks about, so she's trying to get, the doctor's trying to get from Wendy when these episodes maybe started happening for Danny. And she's talking about it being in and around the time when, when his imaginary friend showed up. Right. She thinks that Tony is an imaginary friend. Right. And so then she's saying, well, when did he start seeing an imaginary friend? And she talked about probably about the time he started school. Mm-hmm. And then she, be she just kind of as a throwaway comment, mentioned something about um, after his injury or before his injury. So the doctor's office were like, how did he get injured? Wendy's very much trying to play this off, which yeah. was pretty good. This is pretty typical yeah. in a, in a abusive. abusive relationship. Yeah. Yes, this is. She's um, tiptoeing. Yeah. She's deflecting and downplaying the incident. So she said, Jack came home run one night. He'd been drinking. He was about three hours late. About um, three hours late. Yeah. Danny accidentally knocked some papers on the floor and Jack got mad. Um, and when he went to grab Danny's arm, Danny twisted away from him and his, his shoulder dislocated. Sounds Obviously, plausible. This is That's on Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like. That's Danny's fault? Well, you know were, your dad drinks. Were there papers yeah. all over? Couldn't you have put those up? Or what was mom doing? She should have got it too. Yeah. He should have already gotten a whooping for getting into the papers. Yeah. And then she's getting it twice. And hopefully, as hard. seeing. Hopefully, she was out seeing an orthodontist. <laughs> she had that. That is her. Maybe her teeth did look pretty normal. She at forced or, several orthodontists or, into or, early retirement. Right. Or what if they look better than they did? Wow. Uh, you should have seen them before. Sad. Either way, I don't know how hard he hit the kid, or not that he hit him. That kid could have been spastic. He, he already him. talks to himself. He already talks to his finger. He could have did that to himself. I don't out of context. That would sound so, um, so Wendy Wendy says, you know what? It's not all bad though, because when it happened, Jack swore that he would never touch another drop, and he just celebrated five months of sobriety. Yeah, we're not exactly sure on that because number. Yeah, that we'll comes get up again that. later, and it's. The time frames kind of get mixed up as we go. Yeah, but think, again, I, I don't think, think that's an accident. Yeah. I think in the book it's like 14 months on that road. Of course. Matters, but of right. course, it could have been five months, and then by the time they are done shooting, it was longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot to go back and change it. Yeah. So we get these weird... Um, title cards. Yeah, we get like title cards. Yeah. Wow. So the first one says closing day. So apparently this is when the hotel is closing down. Jack and Wendy and Danny are driving to the hotel. Ironic. Uh, I, I, I like this. Iron, ironically, in the book, it they close down like September something. But in this, but in the movie, it's October 30th. So their first day there is Halloween. Yeah, we're familiar with that. I was going to say, this scene, the, them driving to a hotel, this scene is very telling how Jack Nicholson, I, I feel, feels about his oh, wife he's, and son. Agreed. He's, he's already... Like, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's finished with them. Yeah. And it, the movie's not even really started either with him. 
other than the weird stuff that we've already he heard seen. it on the TV. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. He does. It's, uh, and see, this is why I know all about cannibalism. And this is where, again, I'm not going to call it a problem I have with the movie. It's a question. It's more of questioning. Like he, he's already kind of seeming up to his wits end. Yeah. Right. He must have been drunk that Danny night. Danny says one. something about being hungry, and, and Jack is like, well, maybe you should have eaten your breakfast this morning. Yeah. It's this passive aggressive. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, because he said it was like a five-hour drive at the beginning. Uh, Wendy says something about, isn't this um, close to the area where the Donner Party was? And Jack says, yes, I think it was. And Danny says, what was the Donner Party? And so Jack explains it to him about a group of people that were stranded in the it's actually a resort to cannibalism yeah. eventually. It was the 1850s, actually. Yeah, because yeah, yeah they um, were like settlers or something. Not yeah, settlers, they were. But they left Missouri, right? And they were going out west. They were going to settle in California, but along the way, they met Indians and right. other elements. That, they left too late. Yes, yes, they did to, leave too to, late. to get across the mountains. Wait, had they left like what was it like like, like thirty it, days it, earlier? It, it was no, it wasn't even that. I think it was less than a week. A week? Yeah, yeah. They could have avoided all that. Right. They ended up eating. They started off with like sixty people. Yeah, ended with like nineteen. They ate each other. They're eating at the end of it. They're eating their shoelaces, boiling them. Yeah, boiling their yeah. Their and they shoes. were they. I mean, it's not like they were eating each other alive. It was right. like as people would die from right. the elements, they would right. <laughs> like cook and so, so they didn't <laughs> they didn't like him, yeah. Hannibal Lecter each other. Or right, right. Hey, Peter, you're eating my legs. <laughs> Still pretty messed up. Right, <laughs> exactly. I told you you didn't want to look. You're eating my legs. Uh, it's okay, mommy. I know all about cannibalism. I saw it on the TV. So they're being shown around um, the hotel once they arrive. Wendy needs to calm down a little bit here. A little bit. Yeah, she's like, she did some I'm kind of getting or something before she the eye the twitch hotel. that Jack has yeah. about yeah. Wendy. Yeah. She's pushing some buttons. She's excited yeah. to be there, I yeah, guess. I but, right. but act like you've been in a building. Or ever. like an adult. Yeah. Just in general. <laughs> oh, oh boy. What's this that? place sure is fancy. My goodness. She now has a southern accent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, somehow. Like, yeah. Figure out who you are. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were from Vermont. <laughs> like, they're not even close. Somehow so, she net worth two million dollars, though. Hey, so she's living comfortably. That's ugly off, has off paid that, off. Off that Popeye money, it had that been. There's no she's way she's getting residual Popeye checks in the mail yeah. every month. Hey, but there's no way he paid her for this movie. <laughs> there's no way. She no, Kubrick only... notoriously treated her yeah. like oh, yeah. garbage on yeah. the set of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Again, though, everything's calculated. He wanted to basically right. push her to the point of yeah, having he, he wanted her now. to make it look like she was like in his. Well, later on in the movie, like just look like hysterical. hysterical pretty yeah. much, she she would even like carry around like bottles of water everywhere just so she could stay hydrated. Wow! Wait, so was she crying that much? Yeah. Or get over yourself. She was, she was also the only one or main character in the movie that didn't go by their actual name. I got Jack Torrance, Jack Nicholson, Danny mm-hmm. Lloyd, Danny. Yeah. Annie Torrance. So you like stripped over her own identity. Like, no, your name is Wendy. Your name is Toby. That's like what's your name? That is cult leader tactic. Tattoo. Right there. <laughs> that that is a cult leader tactic. It was it was funny. This character, uh, Stephen King, said uh, Shelley Duvall said she was the most like misogynistic character like ever put in a put in a film. Really? He said she was. She seemed like she was just only there just to scream and be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> So they're talking about the famous people that have stayed here. There's been four presidents, a bunch of movie stars. Um, Danny sees twins again here uh, at some yeah. point. He's in like a game room or something. Yeah, he's like, in the game room. That's right. He's throwing darts. And then he turns around and he sees these two girls. They talk to him at this point? 
No, no, no. yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They no. just, yeah, they just oh, they stare. Did? They just stare at him for a minute. Yeah, they stare at him. They and turn they and they walk or walk away. It's funny. I looked up pictures of these women. Like, how did they fare? Yeah, uh, Louise and Liza Burns. I swear to you, I saw like it was just like a quick picture of. It. I was watching this documentary. They look like the Doberman twins. No, they they oh. look like a uh, March Simpson's sisters. From, yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> what what is it, Selma and? Yeah. Patty? Patty, Patty, I yep. think. Yep. Wow. I um, like how, even though this... You said that he was saying that famous people stayed at this hotel every now and then, and so it's just like, it had to have been a while, because there were no names that were, like, recent at that time. Will Jack Nicholson? Have, right, but I'm just saying, like, when he was like, oh, this person stayed here, and this person stayed here, I was like, well, it's been a long time since... Um, they take him to their quarters, their apartment inside the hotel, and stuff. Basically, a, like a suite, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was even dumbfounded by this apartment. This apartment is so nice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, it isn't. Act like you've been somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we get ever. a we get a one take through the apartment, so we get a really good layout of how yeah. the apartment's set up. Nothing fancy. Very um, homey. Yeah. Yep. We then get to see the hedge maze for the first time. Um, Which, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. In the book, there wasn't a hedge maze. It was just a bunch of. Hedges of a bunch of like animals, oh, yeah. pretty much. Mm. They were supposed to like come to come, coming to life at night, right? Or something. Yeah. No. Nope. I don't remember. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. yeah, they didn't have the special effects for it, so instead <laughs> they just used this huge maze, which I thought was was very. It's like night at the museum. Yeah. What What's the funny thing is they actually uh, when they were filming some scenes in the maze, people actually got like lost in that. Oh, filming like the crew. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they are. I mean, they were able to get well, out as far as I know, but. I'm going they, through uh, the walls. I don't care. Yeah, now, in the, the establishing wall. shots of the outside of the hotel, even the aerial shots, you don't see the hedge maze. I have a hard time believing that's not a blooper. Well, it was it was a different hotel. Like, right. Well, I know, but you're right. supposed to believe right. that you can... Right. This thing yeah. is huge. It's you massive. would not be able to see yeah. it. They it, say, well, they only show the front of the hotel. I was going to say, I don't, yeah, I gonna say, I don't, think, it was a, yeah. I don't think it was a real maze, though. Is in the back. Yeah, it looked like some of the mazes from Breath of the Wild. They're huge. That is true. That is true, though. Like some of the aerial shots, we never do see. That's that is true. Uh, We then get that Wendy asks Mister Ullman when the hotel was built, and he said construction began in 1907. It was actually built on an old Indian burial ground. Ding, 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 ding. Was that the sound of of red flags? Yes, flipping up. Yeah, bells, flags. Bells will be ringing. Yeah, and I think, and then, and then we see. uh, It had to be. I think they said construction had to be halted. Um, so that they could repel the evil spirits. Ha ha ha! Yeah, I, that's not <laughs> funny. No, that's that's not funny at all. You see, Fred why are you Gwen still here? From Pet Cemetery, <laughs> come up. <laughs> Sometimes dead's better. Dead is better. <laughs> you just, just, you just the just head out of the maze, the hedge maze. The the snow cat. Mister Ullman talks to them about the snow cat, which is a vehicle meant to go on the snow if they need it. Pretty cool. I'd be taking that thing out. All oh yeah, time. yeah. It's more of like in emergency situations if you need to get out. We then uh, go to the gold ballroom, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I'll have to yeah, admit that, that that room was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah he said it can hold up to three hundred people. Oh yeah. yeah, there's a bar. He says obviously when we're shut down, all the the alcohol is removed. Um, don't call it a bar. To say it's still a bar. Yeah. No, during when they're open, there's alcohol then, there. Then it's a bar. What, what is it? What is it? If it's, it's not, if there's no alcohol there, then what is it? It's just another place in the building. It's still a wet bar because it's got a sink built into it. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> okay. You want to look it up? No, it's not a bar. Here we are introduced to Dick Halloran, the head chef played by Scatman, Scatman Crothers. Crothers. Yeah. 
You said he was the voice of one of the Transformers, Peter, back in the cartoon oh, days. Oh, yeah. Um, I forget. It's like Jazz Autobot or something. That's of course. He also did Hong Kong Fooey. For some of you uh, old, older viewers, Ooh. is the voice of Hong Kong Fooey, if anyone remembers the that. The dog? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Hong Kong Fooey. Bong. That was my show. That's yeah. back during the uh, Secret Squirrel days. Remember <laughs> Secret yep. Squirrel? Oh, yeah. They say... Uh, yeah, Mr. Halloran, why don't you take Wendy and Danny and show them the kitchen so we can show Jack uh, something, something else. Yeah. Yeah, show the woman where the kitchen's at. Yeah. Nice. Yep. You're going to be in here a Makes lot. Makes sense to me. Remember that. <laughs> don't get lost. In fact, He's the head chef. So the people that need to be familiar with the hotel in this film yes. are the black man and yep. the woman. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. And the kid. And the kid. And so the dad can tell the kid to go tell the mom what to make them. <laughs> yep. Different times. So Dick, Wendy, and Danny go to the kitchen. It is big. That'd be awesome. To have I, I would love a kitchen like that. I like to cook. Um, so I'm also a walk-in back. freezer where there's hundreds of <laughs> cuts of meat. Why? Right. Yeah. If you're shutting down, why is it stopped? It's going to be there for six months. <laughs> freezer burn. Yeah. How much but you know what? This I'm living it up, though. Eat? Yeah. I'm having, I'm having chicken. A Shelly chicken Duvall every looks night. like... A wire hanger with clothes on it. Yeah. yeah. She could How use a steak. Eating? She could use a steak. <laughs> yeah, she could. Gosh. Poor lady. She definitely has some sort of deficiency. She so, has to. Mr. Halloran calls Danny Doc. Wendy says, how do you know we call him Doc? She says, oh, I uh, I probably heard you call him that. Maybe that's She's just like, what she Maybe, but I'm pretty sure we didn't say that. How do you how do you know you have If you call him Doc, how do you know you haven't said that? Right. Yeah. And then uh, also, Is isn't, it, isn't that just a common... Is yeah, it, that could just be somebody calls it. Term of endearment for any child. Uh, kid. So, so is this movie supposed to be supposed to take place present day back then? I guess. Sure. So I mean, like I believe so. Yeah. So it's not supposed to be like in the 1950s. Or, no, 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 because no. he said in 1970 such and such happened. Yeah, so it's right. supposed to be yeah. present day. I did notice. So I mean, Looney Tunes were huge in the 80s. Right. I they even had the 70s version of Looney Tunes well, that came out. He had that was weird. Bunny shirt on, uh, Danny. At the, the very first scene that you see him and oh, yeah. he does have a Bugs Bunny shirt on. Oh, and he's, and he's watching uh, Looney Tunes Roadrunner yeah. throughout. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so then they look into the storeroom, similar size to the walk-in freezer, but it's full of, like, the dried goods. Right, yeah. While Mr. Halloran is talking to Wendy, he... Of all the dried stuff. Yeah. He looks over and telepathically communicates with Danny, asking him if he wants ice cream. He said, hey, hey, duh, would you like some ice cream? I got a whole freezer full of popsicles. <laughs> Creepy dude. <laughs> you know what? You could have actually just asked me that regularly. So we then get um, Danny and Mr. Halloran alone eating ice cream. And so Mr. Halloran is able to ask Danny. He knows that they can communicate this way. And he says, my grandma and I used to have these long conversations without ever saying a word. She used to call it shining. Until I question if that story is even yeah. So then his grandma probably didn't even talk to him unless she was beating him <laughs> <laughs> with a switch. Right. Remember, discipline, abuse. Maybe that's what he meant by Don't say a word. She just beat him. <laughs> she shined my backside. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. She really did give me a shiner. Hard so as a rock. Char- his character in the book was actually abused when he was a child. Yeah. That's so, that makes sense. Why is that? How long is this book? It's it's long. Yeah, it's because like, like, get into, like bad information. Yeah. It's five hundred over five hundred pages. That or seems pertinent. Yeah. yeah. So Danny tells Dick about Tony. He tells him about Tony because Dick asks him if his parents know that he can communicate 
this way. And he says, no, Tony says I shouldn't tell him. And he says, who's Tony? And he says, the little boy that lives in my mouth. And again, let's not perpetuate this. This He's, the chef is just going to go along with it. I would love to see John Tell have a conversation. Oh, with my Danny. gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it would be really short. So, oh this was gosh. this was pretty good dialogue here. Mr. Halloran explains, because Danny says, you, you, you're you afraid of this place, aren't you? And and Dick says, no. And he says, well, what is it What is it basically about this place? Because Dan, he realizes that Danny is able to tell, right. just like he does, that this something's off about this right. place. And he says, some places are like people. Some can shine and some can't. This is kind of a place that is like a person that can shine. You ever had toast, Danny? That's what he sounded like, Danny. Yeah. Right. He's like, some like burnt toast. Yeah, some, <laughs> some, yes, exactly. Some places can leave a trail. Yeah, have bad things that happen in them and they can leave things behind. Like when you burn toast. Mm-hmm. Skid marks in your underwear. <laughs> Yep. Those don't come out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, Danny asks if there's something bad here. And Mr. Halloran, the worst liar of all times, like, no. <laughs> You're um, not a very good liar. Yeah. Even that kid could see that you... He said, but it, but this is where he says, when something, uh, when something bad happens, it can leave a trace of something behind. Um, he said, only people that shine can see these things. So he said, when it's a good thing, you can see those, but sometimes there's a bad thing, bad things that happen, and those also leave traces behind. And only people that shine can see them. Danny, kind of out of nowhere, says, what about room 237? But you stay out of room 237. That's my stuff. (laughs) He pretty much... (laughs) It's my goodies. (laughs) John Tell thinks that this is where Mr. Halloran keeps his stash yes uh, fill in the blank yeah that would have been like the best twist to this <laughs> it would have been too like another great twist he's I trying wish. to get back just to stop him from getting in there it's like slow motion Dad, he walked to the door i forgot to lock like, the door <laughs> mr halloran's is running down the hall so he's he's very uncomfortable with danny bringing up room 237 and says what do you know about room 237? He says, you're scared of room 237, aren't you? And he says, no, but there's still no reason for you to go in there. <laughs> so stay out. <laughs> yeah. So stay out. That's right. <laughs> and then it, the scene cuts, and we get another title card that says, a month later. Right. From what? Yeah. Right. We, I, I feel like we've missed stuff in this yeah, first month. A frame of yeah. reference. Of a so we get one of the most famous multiple shots from this film, um, Danny on his three-wheeler. Oh yeah, that's almost therapeutic for me watching. Oh yeah, this shot of him like going the sound. Yep, yeah. as he goes, yep, yep, on and off of the carpet onto the hardwood floor. I think they filmed that using like a wheelchair or something on the. Oh really? On yeah. the um, camera on the wheelchair is what I'm trying to spit out. Oh, it was oh yeah, to, that's how they were following. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, the, and they said it was supposed to give you that like illusion of like of somebody following him or right. something. Yeah. That makes uh, sense. Wendy takes breakfast to Jack, who is sleeping. Good woman. Right. Yep. In the apartment. She wakes him up. He asks what time it is. She says it's 1130. Yeah, she says, maybe yeah. you can take me for a walk today. Maybe. Yeah, you it's could. really nice out today. Yeah, you should take me for a walk. What are you, a And dog? he says, well, I should probably. <laughs> Jeez. I should probably do some writing. He says, I'm, I-, I love it here. I've never been so happy. So this is seemingly things are going well. We then get Jack throwing a tennis ball against a wall. That's just something Jack Nicholson actually just made up. Because in the script it just said he's not working. Yeah, he's so not. He, he just did this. Yeah, he's not yeah. writing. Yeah. So, so, so like, Wendy and Danny are outside, right? 
mm-hmm. and he's inside throwing a tennis ball against the wall. Yeah. Could have been outside with him. Right. Could have gone for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, this then, is when they go through the maze. Right. So Wendy and Danny go through the hedge maze. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. That thing is almost too big, too much. Unsafe. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we can post a picture of this when we when we post the episode. I'm pretty sure oh, like, can you imagine yeah. playing tag in that thing? That'd be fun. Uh, Laser tag. We then oh, get us. Uh, we then get um, minotaurs. Jack is that. looking at the model inside Star. of the hedge maze, and it zooms in on it, and we see Danny and Wendy. That's is an that, awesome shot. That was a cool shot. Yeah, it was just. It all was. Was he seeing that though? Like I don't, I don't. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. But, but it, it kind of makes it seem like he is. It zooms in, and then they just computer. Did they use computers? I don't. To, I don't remember what they called. Not that, 1980. Probably. No, yeah. it was. It, it would have been just like a, a transition shot. Yeah, because all like, all they did was just like show the model zoomed in on right. it, and then them in the middle was right. just like somebody like on top of like a building or something, and right. Zoomed in on that. Yeah, and then they just meshed it in together. Right. No, what an awesome shot. Yeah. Though. Oh cool. yeah. I always, thought that was, I always thought that was a cool shot. There's no way I'm getting lost in that maze. Another title card, Tuesday. I, why Again, the days matter at this no point. frame of reference yeah, to think, base it off of. Right. A month later and then Tuesday. And at one point, they have 3 p.m. Which day? Right. So the news says there's going to be a snowstorm tomorrow. We get a few more shots of Danny on his three-wheeler going up and down the hallways. He finally stops in one hallway. And he gets off of his three-wheeler and walks up to a door, and it's room 237. And he was told not to go in there. He doesn't go in there, does he? Or it's Nobody like checks that. the doorknob, yeah. and it's locked. It's locked. If Scatman Crothers tells you to stay out of somewhere... Yep. Probably under investigation, too. So. You <laughs> stay out. Well, you saw his. You saw his apartment. Yeah, he got out of, he, he got out of the hotel pretty quick to get to that yeah, door. What's just, Danny's probably wondering what that like strange smell is coming from the door. Smells stinky and sticky. Yeah, that's what I'm overthinking. Dank. Yes. Dank. They are in Colorado, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 That's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because legal. it's 1980. Yeah, it wasn't legal yeah. yet. Like, Danny, um, no, you need to promise me. Whatever you do, you stay away from room 237. <laughs> <laughs> we then get Jack typing. Wendy comes in to. Um, check on him and see how he's doing and he kind of snaps yeah he did so this is our first he says when you interrupt me it breaks my concentration it's distracting me he takes his paper out of the typewriter and rips it in half psycho oh yeah he drops a couple f-bombs here too oh yeah Yeah. he is you still gonna take me walking jack very demeaning to his wife yes well, she says, didn't come in looking the best either. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. She needs to take some responsibility. So again, it's her fault. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. To be fair, she doesn't have a lot to work yeah, with. She was off-putting from the get-go. She <laughs> it was funny because Jack Nicholson actually used to write when he was younger, and he would get in arguments with his girlfriend whenever she interrupted him also. Really? So he had true memories from that. Yeah, uh, probably not to this level, I would hope. Uh, no. But his yeah. girlfriend had to be better looking. He says... <laughs> How about this? When you hear me typing and starts, he is very condescending to her. Yeah. Don't come in. Yes. Leave me alone. So she's kind of bewildered. Great. (laughs) Jerk. So she's like, oh, uh, okay. Okay. She doesn't even know how to leave. Get back to the kitchen. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The giant kitchen. Title card. Thursday. Great. (laughs) A lot of snow outside, so it's. 
one yeah. of those one of those Man. snowy Thursdays. Yeah. Made from salt, by the way. Does yeah. it rust out all that? That's crazy. Jeez. Yeah, that's a lot of salt. Uh, yeah, Wendy like and Danny are outside having a snowball fight while Jack is staring out the window like a maniac. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, the salt, that was like nine, I think it was like 9,000 tons wow. of this stuff. Speaking of, speaking of salt, a little factoid you can uh, share with your friends. Uh, salt is the only thing that we eat that was not living. Well, I, I, I know that now. I know that salt's not living, so I don't have to feel like I'm That's hurting. it. That's the whole thing for Thursday. Jack's staring out the window like a crazy person. Yeah, he, he pulls it off very well. In a turtleneck. And then, yeah, I love that turtleneck. A, a slow zoom in on his face. And then it cuts to the next day. <laughs> yeah. That's apparently that's all he did. Yep. To, uh, we did, we, he did that sober. Our <laughs> yeah. like he wasn't on no drugs. No. Our next title card says Saturday. Now it's a snowstorm. He said, Jack, you need a Quaalude? No. It's <laughs> Why? I'm fine. <laughs> we have a full-blown blizzard outside. Jack is typing. Wendy is trying to connect to the switchboard in the office of the hotel. I guess trying to establish phone contact. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not working. So she uses a CB radio to communicate with the U.S. Forest Service. Did not even know that that was even. Yeah, true. I mean, I guess they'd be busy in certain parts of the world, but that'd be your that'd be your police out there. I guess it'd be a boring yeah. job. Do right? they have guns? Did you give someone probably? Like a gun? I mean, you'd like have to have a gun to keep wildlife out or pine cone launcher. Pine cone launcher. <laughs> that would be awesome. Flaming pine cone. So launchers. is Smokey the Bear the vigilante version? Of what Batman is to the Gotham PD. Yes. Makes is sense Smokey the Bear to the U.S. Forest Service what Batman is to yeah, Gotham to Police Force? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. What if? Makes sense to me. Huh. Jeans and no shirt. Wait, you won't get in trouble for... <laughs> and shoot. a shovel. That's a choice. Right. <laughs> yeah. He knows he's naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he well, deliberately I mean, put jeans on and nothing else. He thought about yeah. that. Yeah, he so did. what's that say about all the other... <laughs> Like Yogi and boot and uh, that just wear ties. <laughs> what, what, what other bears are there that are like this? Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, All Winnie right. The Pooh. Yep. Brickleberry. Uh, Brickleberry. <laughs> yes. No, no, that bear's naked. Berry. Squabbit. That is that is wild. Even the Coca Cola polar bears. Yep. They got scarves on. So the U.S. Forest Service um, confirms that the phone lines are down. And uh, they tell Wendy they're probably going to be down all winter. He said, let us know if you need anything. Um, tells her to leave the, the radio on all the time for safety purposes. But if he would have known who he was talking to, like had seen her, he like, you know what? It's best that you just unplug this line. As Quick. Well. <laughs> just like, don't even bother calling here. We get Danny on the three-wheeler again. This time he's going around a corner, and we get the famous shot of him stopping as he goes around a corner, and at the other end of the hallway are the twins standing there staring at him. And this is the... Riding dirty, he's Hello, playing in the back. Of Riding dirty. <laughs> yeah, right. He's got he's got big old subwoofers on the back. Just boom, boom, boom. And the front of his scooter's just yeah. bouncing. You hear that like the the disc like skip stop once he sees those two <laughs> twins. Like yeah. skirt. Or something weird like that. so they tell Danny to come play with us, Danny. Forever. And ever and ever. And then we get these like flash cuts of them. Bloody yeah. corpses in the with, with an axe in the hallway. An axe in the hallway. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. Danny freaks out as like you he would. would. Yeah. yeah, you put that the pedals in reverse hard. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You don't lose vision yeah. of them. No, <laughs> no. There was a burn mark on the carpet, right from where you took off. Just like, yeah. <laughs> no, because remember back in the day when we'd be on those, you try mm-hmm. to like peel out, and you'd yep. still be in the same spot for like ten seconds. Yep. <laughs> 
Tony then the travel. Why would it go? The best. Yeah, Tony then is talking through Danny to Danny. Yeah, see again. He says it's it's like pictures in a book. It isn't real, like Mister Halloran told us. Great. Thanks, thanks, Tony. That helps. You're not real, by the way. <laughs> Did I read? <laughs> so your logic's actually kind of. I'm going to believe you on your take of reality. You live in my stomach. <laughs> right. Did I read this correctly? When they were filming that, they never actually had Danny Lloyd around anything that was traumatized. Yeah. I yeah. They, they, they just filmed his responses and they told him what to do. And then they added the scary stuff later. I'm guessing that that was probably up on their agent or parents' request, yeah. right? They didn't give Shelley Duvall that courtesy. <laughs> they were less kind yeah. to Shelley Duvall. Working with Shelley Duvall, so they're like, "We're already exposing you to too much, <laughs> and you're only seven. We already eight, have a lot eight, of therapy. Yeah. We're gonna have to they're pay for this." Trying to, well, Stanley Kubrick was trying to scare her pretty. Yeah. Oh, did not work. <laughs> <laughs> it backfired. God, we are just railing her. <laughs> no, oh we're God. not. <laughs> She's like the ugly duckling that never turned beautiful. Yeah. Yes. She's like, she hit every branch on that ugly tree, falling down and climbed back up again. She used to host a Mother Goose television show. How long perfect. Perfect. Mother that I used to watch. Yeah, that's yeah good old fairy tale story. Fairy tale something. Yeah, she scared yeah. me back then. Oh, yeah. wait. It's funny. You said she couldn't that. even act in those. No. Oh, gosh. Those kids have to be screwed up. Where are those kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we turned out okay. Yeah. We're, uh, um, we get uh, another title card that says Monday. Shelley and Danny are watching TV uh, on a TV that is oddly not looking like it's plugged in. Yeah, what yeah. Yeah. about? It's in the middle of the floor, and you right. don't see a cord coming off of it anymore. Yeah, there's batteries in it. It's like the yeah, it's they had battery, that, right? Really? It's like sure. the first episode of Family Guy. The TV that didn't have a cord plugged into it. Yeah, no, just me. That was do like such make, a weird. That was like such a weird. Do they make those? That was. Yeah, they, was. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. At the TV, it wasn't plugged into anything. Yeah, but like, is that the, something that? Uh, oh no, no! It was just because yeah. they they missed it. It was just cheap animation back then. Uh, so Danny wants to go up to their room to get fire engine. His toy fire engine. Wendy says, "Your dad's asleep. You need to stay out. Don't wake him up." And he says, I won't make any noise. So he goes into the room really quietly, and um, Jack is actually awake sitting up on the bed. He is not asleep. Like a weirdo, yeah. still. Tells Danny to come sit on his lap. That's asks, pretty cool asks shot. him how he's doing. See him in the mirror? Yeah, we can see his yeah. reflection in the mirror. As he... What's, what's the so you reflection? See his, you see his back and his front oh, yeah, at yeah, the same yeah. time. So it's kind of like he's starting to split. Right. That's kind of how oh, I yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He, he asks him if he likes being there, and Danny's like, I guess so. Hard pass. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> He says, I want you to have a good time, Danny. He said, Dad, do you feel bad? And he says, no, I'm just really tired. He's creepy. Yeah. He's he's full oh, yeah. on creepy at this yeah. point. He said, cool, man. Danny, Danny asked him if he would ever hurt him and mommy. Yeah, depends on what you do. <laughs> Don't piss me off. He said, what do you mean? Did your mother Did your mother tell you that? She put you up to this? Where is she? She's downstairs. I will chase her around with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> Title card. Saturday. Um, Danny is playing in the hallway. He's wearing an awesome Apollo 11 sweater. Yeah, he is. I want one. Yeah, me too. There's like this whole theory about like why they switched the room because the room was actually uh, in the book 217. Mm-hmm. Now, the theory was in him wearing that Apollo 11 sweater, it was like a secret way of telling people that he helped, that Stanley Kubrick helped with fake moon landing. Right. Good for him. Cool. 
obviously the Apollo 11 sweater, and 237, which was, that's 237,000 miles thousand from... Miles. It's the average distance of the moon from the Earth. Mm-hmm. And like the um, the shuttle was called Eagle, because mm-hmm. we see a bunch of There's like... There's a lot of references to it. Uh, there, the we see like eagles, like wooden eagles, and the typewriter that he That was the, the, the lander. The lander was the eagle. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. And like the typewriter he uses is a uh, Adler, whatever German is for eagle. The real reason, they say, is why it was switched from 217 to, to a 237 was the uh, hotel where they did the exterior shot. Their rooms don't go up that high. So it's like people being scared of like going, staying at the hotel because of the room 237, which didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And 217 from Stephen King came from uh, the hotel where he, which was inspiration, which was the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. Oh, it's kind of like, it's kind of like buildings skipping the 13th floor. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's so, kind of cool. That which, I mean, it doesn't take a mathematician to be like, I'm on the 14th floor. Yeah. I'm on the 13th floor. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Just because you say it's not that doesn't mean like <laughs> that it's not. Oh, you got me. Yeah. Room 237 is open and the key is in the door. Yeah. That was creepy. That was creepy. You go in there, John Till? Well, I'm just guessing that whoever has anything in that room just forgot to close it and lock it and left the key in it. It was Halloran, wasn't it? Yeah, but he, he was came probably back. stoned. That's why it was left like that. That's <laughs> what I'm figuring. You just, just see smoke pouring yeah, out I'm of it. Yeah, I'm still convinced that that's what's going on in this <laughs> So Danny walks in. Uh, Wendy's working on the boiler in the boiler room. She hears Jack screaming. He sounds like what Jack Nicholson would sound like if he was having a bad dream. <laughs> right. just, just so like, he's oh, at his normal oh, yeah. yeah. He's at his typewriter sleeping. She wakes him up. He says, it's the most terrible nightmare I ever had. He's crying. He's like, is it yeah. a dream that I killed you and Danny? That's pretty intense. Yeah. Do you I, even tell your wife that you have bad dreams? I don't think so. No. I he did says, something awful. He says, it wasn't just that. I cut you into little pieces. Yeah. You leave that out too. Further just digging yeah. that hole. And he's like, oh, well. You, that happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want for dinner? Right. Yeah, he. Uh, burn, burn the meatloaf. Yeah. Right. He says, I must be losing my mind. So as she's trying to console him, Danny slowly walks in. She finally comes over to him. His sweater is ripped. He's sucking on his thumb. And he's, he's got, got like marks. Yeah. yeah, bruises on his neck. Sounds like a, a Saturday morning for John Tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was a rough Friday. Every day. Thought I was going to have to shoot myself out of there. (laughs) (laughs) So, Wendy picks him up and she immediately starts accusing Jack. Saying, you did this, didn't you? But logic would obviously... (laughs) Jack is sitting... He looks so confused. (laughs) He's like... He's he's got his hand up by him. He's like... I I have no idea what's going on. So, she says, how could you? And she runs off with with Danny. Logically, like yeah. I'm in here, you're in the boiler room. He's clearly somewhere else in this massive hotel. Right. When uh, you assisting me, would I have had time to strangle, throttle my son, <laughs> and get back here, <laughs> and then you look over there, and then he walks down. So we then get Jack Science. walking down the hallway. Phenomenal physical acting here. Oh yeah, he's kind of like having a fit. I think. Yeah. I think uh, just kind of flailing his arms. In frustration, I, I think the, the only the only place I've seen it done better was in South Park. And oh, not, other than the parody. not better. The, the the best parody I've ever seen of that was in South the Park. Blockbuster episode. Where he's like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so is this supposed to go here? <laughs> I can't tell me what you guys think. He's frustrated from the situation that happened, or this is like almost like a physical tremoring to. Just insanity setting in. 
Yes. I, I, I think it's both. I think it's just like he's trying. It looks like he's trying to fight something off. And I yes. think he's also frustrated at the same time. So it's just like it's just a whole yeah. body. So, like, the, his the upper incre- body. The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. He's like his upper body is seemingly like contorting and convulsing. Yeah. While his lower body is just yeah. calmly walking down the hallway. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. He's just like he'll, he'll raise his arms up and just swing him down on his sides. Yeah. Like, just yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah, acting. Here. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he's walking into what we find out is the gold ballroom, and we get the 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 score here is just. I mean, you're watching this. Yeah, it is these violins that aren't even. I don't know what they're playing. It's yeah. it, they're screeching violins, and it's. I mean, almost overwhelming as you're watching. Angst level. Um. So he goes into the gold ballroom, um, up to the bar, and he sits down and basically says, "I'd give anything for a drink." I think he says, "Like give my soul." Yeah, just for a glass of bourbon or something. Yeah, a glass of beer. That's a glass of beer. I thought that was an odd way to word it. So he's got his head in his hands, his face in his hands, and he looks up. Lo and behold. Yeah, and there's a bartender standing there in a fully stocked bar. Now it's a bar. Okay. Now now, now I've I've been waiting for this. So are we to understand, is he seeing ghosts or is, is he also... Shining. Ooh, that's a yeah, good there, yeah. There's some people who thought that he might have had the shining also, yeah. and it just never really I think, manifested. I think, in him I like think, the, uh, I think it's a combination of him going insane and the hotel being okay. The weird evil thing slash haunted or whatever. Yeah, is just how I guess yeah, maybe protracted for lack of a better word. Everything kind of seems to be so. We, we, we like we focus on this idea of Danny shining, and then there's the other side of this is. Jack Torrance slowly losing his mind, and there's obviously some kind of supernatural elements and things going on in and around the hotel. But are we to believe that those two things are completely separate and they're not related to each other? It's just like this was going to happen, and thank God Danny also has this ability to shine because that really helped him throughout the movie. Or it, like it's hard to it's hard to separate the two things because they're happening in the same movie. It's like one. Is causing the other that that that's where I'm there's just I'm kind of confused. I feel like there's two different stories here. You know what right. I mean? And I guess they're coming together. It just seems weird to me yeah. that it's like there's supernatural hotel. It's there's there's ghosts and and all this all these things going on, but they're, they're somewhat connected because that's where Dick Halloran's telling Danny about when you're shining. Sometimes bad things happen. That's why right. Danny's able to see things. But obviously, I don't feel like we're led to believe that Jack has this ability. Yeah, but like... But he's being haunted basically left and right and being possessed almost or driven insane. But are they connected or are they not connected? I don't... She doesn't... Well, Wendy sees stuff too, so is she shining? By the end. I don't know. Right. I just want to know how much connection there is between this shining idea and the events that are happening at this hotel. Right. That was about the only thing I didn't like about this. I I wish it would have like... Just went into that. Just explain that just a little bit more. Yeah. Right. Not and even a whole lot. Just, just, just like well, just I, a little. I have bit. not read the book, so I don't right. know if it, um, if it's explained more in there. I guess here's my question: If Danny, if there was, if take the idea of of this shining thing out, okay? Yeah. Danny doesn't have this ability. He doesn't have a person living in his mouth. It's a straight up horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Telepathically communicating with right. people. Would these same things be happening to Jack? Like, I almost oh. feel like that by itself could be its own movie. Right. It's kind of like in, I think in the book, was like, it Friday Part 5, where you've got this girl with these telekinetic seven. powers? Yeah. 
Part seven. Part oh, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also it's back. like, oh yeah, and here's freaking Jason Voorhees. It's right. like, well, man, we're yeah. like, you've got two different movies here. Right. You've got two different plot yeah. lines. Carrie, Carrie versus Jason. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, that, and so, uh, how much of this, Jason. like, this could be a movie? If you take out the whole, which is, it's all about The Shining, right? It's all about right. Danny's ability to communicate. But I don't know. It, it, would Danny have been seeing those twins had he not had the ability to shine? And if you say no, you say, well, then why was Jack seeing this stuff? Right. Because I think the hotel is, at least in the book, I think the hotel was more evil or something. It's like a... Well, it was so the hotel was, was a standalone thing. Right. It had nothing I to do with so. The Shining, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So... Logic would tell us that this same stuff would be happening regardless. to Jack Torrance, right. regardless of his son's weird ability to. That's true. The shining part that Danny can do, which was well established, that the hotel has nothing to do with Danny's ability. He had that long before they ever they just came here. It. Maybe I don't. I, I don't really know. That, that I guess that's the part that bothers me yeah. a little bit because I don't really understand how much we're supposed to connect one with the other. Yeah. Like, well, Danny's whole ability to shine is a standalone thing completely apart from this insane hotel that they're at. Right. So, regardless, he's he's in the bar, obviously hallucinating or something's going on, because there's now a bartender and there's alcohol. So, he gets a drink from the bartender. Like, by the creators of the replicas from Blade Runner. <laughs> Creators? Oh, yeah. Creator. Creator. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Um, bartender's name is Lloyd. So he's talking to Lloyd about his wife and Danny and how I never laid a hand on him. It's like, well, you know, accidents happen, Lloyd. You know, how <laughs> it was one time. It was three years ago, which this is where yeah. we get a little bit of the, right. I thought it was five months. It was very clearly stated that he said he'd never drink again. And he's now been sober for five months, but now it's, yeah, three, I, he's <laughs> saying was it was three years ago. So. I got a, I got a question. Yeah. Where did the alcohol come from? Again, it's the yeah. supernatural. Yep. Where did the people that they're seeing come from? Where did the little girls and the axe and the blood come from? No, that made sense because he was hallucinating that. How uh, the, but was Danny hallucinating, getting his sh- bruises on his neck and his sh- sh- sweat? Yeah, but that was a super. Yeah, that was a right. supernatural. He's but a weird little kid. Supernatural alcohol. How messed yeah. up? Does, That's okay if it's a cartoon. The supernatural. But if it's Jack supposed Daniel to be real life, that, that didn't bother me. I don't know. Bunker. Well, even though he was so asking for bourbon. Right. Yeah, and it can go. It's not really an either way thing with it because I was looking it up. Um, but, this bothered John Tell. But that, <laughs> I've used to drink quite a bit. Um, but with that being said, he asked for a bourbon. Lloyd grabs him the bottle of uh, Jack Daniels, old number seven, which for those who drink alcohol or have had a drink, old number seven is Tennessee whiskey. Right. And so, and every time during any bar scene, he'd always ask for bourbon and he'd always get right. Tennessee whiskey. So I just, and say, he never Which? said, um, this is not what I asked for. Right. He, at that point, he's an alcoholic. Yeah, he just wants to drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but it's never really explained why they're, right. I, they go out of their way whiskey. to show what he's pouring him. Yeah. It's right. not bourbon. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's a showing that he just wants alcohol. Oh. And it didn't really matter at that. It point. is. But then you would think you'd say, I'll get me something. I don't care what you get me. It is Jack Daniels, though. Yeah. Huh. I think this movie has more Jacks in it than Titanic does. <laughs> I really do. Like if they did the sin counter at the yes. end, how much extra yeah. they had. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> it was. So we're going to wrap it up here, yep. guys. This is the end of part one. Stay tuned. Yep. Tune in next week uh, as we reach conclusion. the thrilling conclusion of The Shining. Merry Christmas, everybody. Stay tuned. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.